What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. It's Rachel Silver Cohen and of course, Dr. Boca. Welcome to another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Let's just dive right in. Hey, Dr. Boca, how are you? Hey, Rach, I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I always love our Wednesdays. It's my favorite day of the week. I kind of get to have you as my sidekick and I become a little less unpolished. You've kind of polished me up a little bit. So I thank you for that. My Um, pleasure. Well, thanks. I know sometimes before we kind of dive right in, I sort of have my little quick little quips and whatnot. And, you know, I know last week we were talking about like different words and things in this generation that people are overusing a lot. And I thought of another word, which is like manifest, right? Yeah. So many people I hear all the time, I'm going to manifest this, I'm going to manifest that. And in my endeavor for this new year of 2022, I kind of decided to come up with my own little manifestation of this little project of mine to kind of reach out to people that have been in my life that I haven't really been in touch with so much to, I guess, alleviate the passiveness of mm-hmm. how we all have been and be a little bit more aggressive, but not you know in, in the mean aggressive way, but sure. in more of a direct way. So I came up with this little idea to every day kind of reach out and touch someone proverbially, right? (laughs) Thank goodness. Um, So it reminded me of a story that over the COVID craziness, someone had reached out to me completely random on Facebook, a friend from college who had his own little project of kind of maybe exactly the same type of thing to reconnect with friends catch up, maybe also a little bit to, I don't know, maybe assuage the monotony and mundaneness of the day in and day out of the COVID crazy quarantine. And my friend from college reached out to say, hey, me and a bunch of guys, this is what we do on Wednesday nights. Would you like to pop on and be a, you know, like a surprise guest, if you will? Okay. These were all like college guys. So you know me, I always say I am the current day Ali Sheedy. I have nothing else to do. So I said, sure, I would love to. But I did then say, well, hang on a minute. How long has this been going on? And where am I in the pecking order of people you've asked? So my ego was a little bruised. Apparently, they're now 94 weeks in and I was the 56th pick. So I don't know how that ranks from like a sporting situation, right? If I was on a team sport and I was picked 56th on the playground, I don't know how well that would bode. At least you were picked, Rachel. I mean, they had to have thought something and you were almost in the midpoint. I'm not very good at math, but it sounds like that's right in the midpoint. And sometimes we go through the low hanging fruit first. So like I would actually take it as a compliment. Well, thank you for that unpolished therapy kind of ego boost for me. But my ego actually recovered. We had a wonderful, wonderful chat. It was so much fun. And in speaking with a bunch of the guys, I was really intrigued because my friend Ian has this great sports technology company that he has created. And it really kind of sparked my interest. And I thought maybe in the spirit of now my little project of reaching back out to friends of mine, 
I thought maybe he would be a great friend to have on the podcast to kind of chat about what he's been up to. I think that's amazing. I'm very intrigued by what this platform can really be about. But what's so interesting is this manifestation piece of this and reaching out and touching somebody. Do you remember when we did our podcast with Sherwin, your friend from GW, who said that part of his process of kind of getting through his near-death experience was really tapping into and reconnecting and reaching out to people every day in order to keep that presence alive. And so I think this is great what these guys are doing. And kudos to these guys for doing this. It's, you know, we as women feel like we are the connectors, but it's really sounding like either, Rachel, you've attracted very connective men who are a little bit more worldly and self-reflective and intuitive and get it, or somehow you just, you know, they're just great men and you fell into the 54th number of... Well, yeah, I was going to say, I attract them after 55 other people, but hey, who's counting, right? Hey, whatever. So look, Dr. Broker, with that being said, I am so happy to welcome today Ian Goldberg, who has graciously accepted our invitation to be on the podcast and talk about his endeavor. Just a little bit of a background before he jumps on. Ian Goldberg is the founder and CEO of iSport360. This is an early stage youth sports technology company that's helping young athletes, coaches, and parents improve communication, player development, and team culture. Ian's career started at the White House. Yes, the White House where he worked for the economic advisors to two U.S. presidents and then spent more than half of his career in product management and sales for early-stage technology companies. Outside of his role leading iSport360, Ian is an advisory board member for the National Alliance for Youth Sports. He's the editor of a youth sports newsletter reaching nearly 200,000 readers and recently launched Give Sport 360 to provide iSport 360 at no cost to sports teams and clubs in underserved communities. Mm. But most of all, Ian loves his role as a, and I love this, hashtag girl dad, and as a volunteer sport coach for his two beautiful daughters. So with that being said, I want to give an unpolished welcome. Ian Goldberg, thank you for taking time this Wednesday morning to hang with Dr. Boga and I. Hey, ladies. Great to be with you. I'm so excited. I have to be honest. I'm so excited. We have so much to talk about. As far as Rachel being on our get-together, she was pretty intimidating in college. Like She was the hot chick, and she was the one at the gym all the time. So it took a while for us to build up the confidence to actually reach out after 25 years and invite her. See, Rach? Oh, give me a break. I mean, if that is not the biggest load of bullshit, but I listen, I'm like, stop, stop. I'll take it. I'll take it. Keep laying it on Ian. I love it. And I will just say to the listeners, if I if I'm repeating myself, forgive me, but being on your quasi podcast, Ian, or with your group of guys really was so much fun. I equated and Dr. Boke and I have talked about this a little bit on our podcast. My favorite time with the smartless guys, right? the Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes and Will Arnett, where they every week kind of 
secretly have a, a surprise guest and then the other fellas have to figure out who it is. And that's how I felt on your podcast. And I always say that I never have anything to do. So welcome me back and we'll continue to have fun. But whatever. That being said, I'm so glad that we can come full circle and you can be part of this manifestation where we chit chat and we want to hear about what you do. And yeah, as Dr. Bocas said, look, I'm a parent of two young boys. I have been a quote unquote sports mom since the kids were in the womb. And I've rallied. I love it. Sometimes I hate it. I've written articles on my blog, Silver Unpolished, about the psychopathic parental personalities that you see that this is not the same mom or dad that I met in class when we had back to school night. And now here we are on the field and they're sociopathic. And I guess they completely forgot this is all in good fun. It's not the NFL. It's not the NBA. So Ian, to you and your credentials, hearing what you did before iSport360, certainly this must have been a complete passion and something that really touched you viscerally to give up what you were doing prior to take on this endeavor. So in layman terms, talk to us and the listeners, what exactly is iSport360? Yes. So thanks for asking about that. And it was life experiences at the ball fields that inspired me to start this company. So when my first daughter was about four years old, I started coaching four-year-old soccer. It was a lot of fun. But even when the kids are four years old, you have some crazy parents on the sidelines. And I found myself spending more time like managing the parents and their needs and their emotions and their stress levels and it took me away from the kids. And of course, as the kids got a little bit older, like that's a huge distraction. So, I mean, there was this one moment that just was like the pinnacle for me. I was coaching my daughter's eight-year-old soccer team and I'm calling out instructions to the kids. And I hear the parents on the other side just calling out the complete opposite instructions. Now, they shouldn't be coaching. But, you know, Dr. Boca, you could recognize people get to a point where they are no longer in control of their actions, yep. their words, right? Their adrenaline has taken over, their cortisol levels are through the roof. Mm -hmm. And that is the state of most sports parents on the sidelines of their games. Absolutely. I think you nailed that. If we could videotape it and play it back for those parents, most of them wouldn't even realize the level that they get to in those moments because it's almost like a demon takes over them. They're like possessed. So yeah, absolutely. Right. So we have to go through this like reforming process because I've been, I'll admit, I've been that parent occasionally, mm -hmm. right? We get totally carried away, but everyone always thinks it's someone else. That's that crazy sports parent. It's never them. So anyway, we did some research to understand the psyche of this sport parent. And we realized they behave that way because they don't really feel like they're part of the the process and in the loop on how their kid is doing. They don't have good lines of communication with the coaches. Um, and so we looked at the world of education and we looked at how teachers and parents and kids work together to make sure every kid has success. And we tried to duplicate that for youth sports by using technology. I'll tell you, as you're talking, I'm having all these flashbacks of all the different sports, whether it was when they were little toddlers or even now with the travel basketball teams. And I guess as the kids get older, and I guess seemingly it could be more and more intense because bigger, better, better, more competitive. I just have a memory and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I don't think I was ever one of those psychotic parents. But to your point earlier, you say no one thinks that they're that parent. 
I really don't have a memory of me going batshit crazy on a coach. My memory, and maybe you can speak to this when we kind of dive into exactly what your platform allows for, but I remember if my kid had a bad game or if they didn't play as much as they wanted to, I would be an absolute nervous wreck to get in the car with them for the drive home because there would be pouting, there would be cursing, there would be that potential, I'm quitting and I'm giving up and I hate this and my coach sucks and why didn't I get the ball? And as a parent, I'm not equipped. I didn't know what to say. And we do live in a society now where like everybody gets a trophy, everybody comes in first place. And I don't know, even to this day, how to navigate my way. So can you speak to that a little bit, Ian? Yeah, yeah. The car ride home, there's been a lot of articles, a lot of research done, and I don't think anyone has really perfected or proven anything yet. But here's the thing. I felt that if coaches and parents were at least on the same page, at least saying the same things to these poor Mm -hmm. kids, the kids would have a much better experience. We'd all have a better experience. Just think about tryout time of which is the most miserable time of year in sports you have this poor kid who's preparing for tryouts they basically have one one hour session to prove themselves their parents are telling them what to do the coaches are telling them what to do the club is telling them what to do their friends are telling them what to do like everyone's just telling them different things so i felt like a good communication platform and a good feedback loop would really help the parents and coaches speak the same language. And by the way, have the kid be part of the conversation because let's face it, like this generation of kids, we're speaking on their behalf all the time. They are not empowered or self-aware. And I felt like I wanted to address that as well. So it's interesting because it seems like such an obvious thing, right? What do we talk about as therapists in our work with couples? It's communication. What do we talk about in any organization? It's communication. And so I can't believe, and maybe I'm just naive and didn't know or don't know, and I'm going to ask you, did this kind of platform exist prior to you guys? Did anybody else have this like brilliant, like take a concept that already exists in the world and apply it to where it most matters with our children? Well, it sounds ridiculous, but really no one has addressed this problem in youth sports. And it's because it's just a hard and a sort of fuzzy problem. Like communication means different things to different people. And when a sports club or a sports team is struggling with communication, that could mean lots of different things. Like Mm -hmm. it could mean that they're not communicating feedback to the kids. It could mean that the coach doesn't communicate when the games are and what time they are and what time you have to be there and what uniform you need to wear, like all the logistical things. It just means so many different things to different people. So in youth sports, there are apps to keep score at games, to Mm -hmm. keep the schedule for your team, to buy your team apparel, but there's just not really a great solution for communication and keeping the kids engaged. So Ian, how exactly though does it work? I would imagine, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them take that shot and swish it through the basket hoop, right? I think the platform sounds so fantastic with setting goals and conducting these evaluations and communication and then the feedback from a parent, a coach, the actual child themselves. But how do you get them to actually do it? Can you walk us through from start to finish a little bit? First of all, let's start by saying the best, most successful teams are not always the teams that have the best athletic skill. A lot of it is about team culture 
right? 100%. I agree on that. Leadership, communication, chemistry, all of that. We wanted that to be the case for youth sports teams. And so this platform is something that the kids don't adopt first. The parents don't adopt first. It's actually the club. Like your local Little League club has to buy this platform. Your local soccer club, lacrosse, ice hockey, cheerleading. Um, We have nine sports on our platform. So once the club recognizes that they need to have good communication, they need to have a more engaged community, they'll buy a package like this and then they can see the results. But the things going on on the platform, the features themselves are um, coaches and kids sharing training videos, sharing post-game feedback sharing uh, player evaluations, setting goals together, sharing sticker rewards. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but this is the only youth sports platform that has kids being part of that process. Every major youth sports platform out there is just for coaches and parents and the people organizing Mm -hmm. the, the league and the tournament because they they're afraid of child privacy laws and not violating them. We found a way to be compliant with them. So now we have kids. So parents give permission for the kids to be on our platform. But once the kids are there, they actually can get direct feedback from a coach, which is so valuable. They can learn how to react to that and improve, which is an important part of their own development journey. So we're empowering the kids, but it is the club that has to buy this platform first and then get the kids and parents involved. It also sounds like not only does the club have to buy the actual program, but then they have to buy into the concept and then train. I've got to imagine there's some component here because you could take all the coaches in the world who are going to say this is great and one of my kids could log on and I've given permission. And if the coach, excuse my expression, is an asshole on the field, what is to say that that's not going to translate onto the platform where they're going to be an asshole to my kid? and not engage and just slaughter the kids. So how does that work? Is there a way to monitor that aspect of it? And does it fall short if there's no training for the coaches, the parents, and the kids on the platform? Yep. So let's be a little more specific about the asshole coach. Okay. (laughs) Please, please, let's dive into the asshole. The assholeness we like, yes. (laughs) That coach doesn't want to be on this platform. That coach probably doesn't like sharing feedback. That coach probably doesn't feel that parents are even entitled Mm -hmm. to be getting feedback. That coach doesn't think parents should be at the practices watching. Like They are not making parents part of the process. So that coach is going to be a problem to begin with. However, if the club buys into what we're doing, we tend to do a training session for all of their coaches. And you're going to have a couple who are like the ones you're saying. You could either call them old school or just... Assholes. Um, assholes. Assholes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're good with that one. Yeah. But, but for it the actually, rest of them, oh, so for the rest of them, for the rest of the coaches, they actually see this as a centralized place where they can share feedback with the kids and communicate and build relationships with them and have the kids sort of take ownership of more of the communication, more of the accountability, more of the development. So most of them buy into it. Ian, I wonder if as you've seen the success of iSport360 and more and more coaches, parents, and athletes buying in, I would imagine that that success is a complete correlation to the visibility of the asshole parent or coach, right? Like 
wouldn't you be able to see like, you know what? We can absolutely tell that that coach has not bought into iSport 360. You're ex- I'm so glad you pointed that out because we're building a bit of a culture like in the whole youth sports community. And so you mentioned during my intro that we have this youth sports newsletter that reaches nearly 200,000 people. It's something I'm very proud of. We don't charge for it. We send it out every two weeks. I used to write most of the articles, but then we have a lot of people contributing now. And a lot of the articles in there talk about sideline parents. By the way, we will never be one of those companies or one of those websites that shows parents embarrassing themselves in viral videos. That is not our purpose because we've been that parent before. Instead, we write Not me. No, no, no. What? Wait, excuse me. By the way, don't we have the video? Don't we have the video of Rachel that we wanted to show? Yeah, because uh, on Unpolished Therapy, we will show that video. Unlike you guys who might not, we will. So be careful, Rach. Okay. That's right. So we are building this culture where we write articles a lot about the psyche of sports parents. And the self-awareness that they need to have on the sidelines, because once parents realize they're getting into this like fight or flight mode, they there's techniques. Dr. Boca, you can yeah. talk about this for a long time. There are techniques that they can use to chill themselves out, bring down their stress hormones a little bit, and just enjoy their coffee more and enjoy yeah. the game more. So it takes a little bit of self, self-discipline. Have you started to collect any type of feedback and analysis of the results and the benefits and the effects of having this platform for all three, I guess we're going to say all three of the pillars of the of the community, the coaches, the parents, and the kids? So literally right before this show, I actually just approved a survey that we're going to be sending out to do some um, you know, firsthand research amongst the clubs that are using our software. Because we're really, we're dying to get that data yeah. so that we can share that out. Amongst the clubs that are using it, by the way, the NHL has started to use our platform with their youth wow. hockey programs, which is like tremendous for us. So yeah, we can't wait to get those results. Yeah. Back. And I hope you'll share those with us because I would love to see, and as Rachel was saying, and I was thinking like it almost by evidence will show who the asshole coaches are, or who the parents are that just can't self-monitor and self-reflect. And what it will do will weed those out because when you get the community behind them basically saying, look, it's obvious you should not be on the sidelines during these games because you can't handle yourself appropriately on this platform or with our kids. What ultimately I've got to imagine is your vision over time is that this will make the whole entire youth sports community just a nicer, kinder place to to gather. And some of these behaviors will no longer be tolerated. That would be nice. Of course, if we could all just sit and enjoy our kids' games a little bit more and appreciate the moment, right? Like we had two years basically of not being able to go to our kids' indoor sports games Mm -hmm. to just sit and appreciate the fact that our kids are getting to play again and that we're able to be spectators at those games is is pretty huge. Yeah. So two comments I want to make. So when you were talking about really looking forward to being able to measure the results of the success of iSport 360, I also think maybe in this little survey that you've had, you know, we've got to throw in a little bit of the unpolishedness here, right? I think that there should be maybe a little addendum that says, 
hi, my name is so-and-so, and I am a reformed asshole parent, right? Because I have now bought in to this amazing, positive mental health promotion of camaraderie and team spirit. And now I'm willing to kind of share my story that I'm admitting, oh my God, I didn't even realize what an asshole I was. And bravo to you, Ian, and your whole team who's really, I guess, too, kind of Dr. Boca, you'll tie into this with mental health Mm -hmm. and all of the issues that we have, whether it's on the field or just the enormous amount of mental health issues we've had off the field, any kind of platform that encourages positivity, teamwork, working together, setting goals, sharing, communicating, truly to me, that's a touchdown in my book. Love it, Rachel. I'm going to actually print up those pages right now for their signatures. <laughs> I No, I, I'm serious. I really like that because you know what? I have a saleswoman from a suburb outside of Los Angeles. And when she joined the company, she said, I want to sell this product because I need this product. Mm. I am a recovering sports parent and I want to be reformed. I need to change. And and I'm like, well, how old are your kids? You know, like you're so crazy on the sidelines. And I think she was like five and seven. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) we need to, we need to get to work. Yeah. Intervention. Like one of our best intervention now. And she's one of our best salespeople. And like, it's awesome. Can I just say one thing though, too? Because again, my memory is just completely overflowing with just funny stuff. Because again, being unpolished and having that kind of dark sense of humor. Yes, I love the idea that we are bridging the gap between the sociopaths and doing it the right way. But you have to admit, Ian, that there is something really funny about being one of those parents on the sideline when you're waking up in the morning or you're traveling X amount of miles away. There's something about that performance theater to kind of watch the lunatic parents go batty when you know you're not, but you're just drinking your cup of coffee and cracking up because you cannot believe that a parent would take it so seriously. Absolutely. And that's why, listen, there's a lot of, there are a lot of these websites that show these viral videos all the time Mm -hmm. of parents just losing their shit on the sidelines, which is fun to watch. But the reason I will not touch that stuff, and I, I, sorry to take it to a darker place, but you know what? There is a shortage of referees and umpires in our country Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that are not in the frame of the video but they're the ones that the parents are going crazy on. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're literally getting threatened with guns and knives and being assaulted. And that that's messed up. So, shame. you know, we, we need to balance it all, of course. To that point, though, I will tell you, at recently, you know, with my kids being in youth sports and whatnot, I can see that firsthand, Ian. These parents who are screaming at the rest, screaming. And... I actually take off my unpolished hat in those moments and I really empathize because most of the time, at least locally here in Boca, these refs are other parents Mm -hmm. or older siblings who are donating their time. And even more notably, these are some senior citizens who really just love the game. They love the sport. Their children are up and out of the house, but they want to keep that youth spirit and feeling of being energized, their athleticism. There was a basketball ref who was, when I say elderly, I'm not even being facetious. He got pummeled and I think his lips started bleeding. And the poor guy, I mean, it was a mess. And 
we're all human beings, right? We have to remember we're not animals and this isn't Lord of the Flies here, right? (laughs) Yes. So I would like to say two things going back to the mental health component that you and Rachel were discussing. I think it's amazing. I mean, any way that we can engage our kids with having a voice and empowering them and, and building a better relationship between adults and kids, our, both parents and coaches, is definitely a plus. I also see it as a, another data point for a child who is struggling to either identify that this is happening outside of school, outside of the household, it's happening in the activity that they oftentimes like most, or that they're only struggling in this activity. And why is that happening? Is it because either the coach or guess what, parents, these kids don't want to be playing this sport and you are pushing them into it. So I think there's so many data points that this can give information about um, the child and the parents and their dynamic and relationship that could be valuable both inside and outside of sport. So I commend you guys on that. And I'm just curious, has anybody over the course of the time that you guys have been in existence shared with you both positive and negative feedback? Like, what are you guys hearing about the people that are actually using it? Well, let's start with a negative. I mean, it's hard to change kids' behaviors. And the good part is that we know kids leave their sports practices and their sports games, and they go on their phones in the Mm backseat of the car. I mean, immediately, right? But we're trying to get them to leave the game and go on to iSport 360 and Mm -hmm. go into their virtual team locker room give some of their teammates some sticker rewards, give them a thumbs up, get some feedback from the coach. But we're competing with all the other social platforms that the kids are jumping on. Right. So that is a bit of a challenge. If we can just get five or 10 minutes of the kid's time on their phone after the game and then let the kid go onto Snapchat and House Party and Instagram, I think that would be a victory for us. So you know, we're working closely with our customers to try to drive that engagement. The good part is we are hearing a lot of great feedback from our customers in terms of just opening lines of communication. And one of the things which we haven't really talked about on this call is, and I'm not sure if you guys are aware of it, Safe Sport. Safe Sport is an act that was passed by Congress in response to the abuse that happened on the gymnastics, U.S. Mm-hmm. gymnastics yeah. team, mm-hmm. and in, in other situations, in other locker rooms where, where bad things happened. Unfortunately, that really took a toll because parents didn't want their kids talking to coach anymore, mm-hmm. yeah. didn't want their kids being in a locker room at all. But if you think back to when we were kids, the locker room was actually a place where team culture was built. It's where you celebrated victories. It's where leaders emerged. So we're sort of dealing with both of those dynamics at the same time. And they're real dynamics. I can appreciate it from a parent's perspective going through that. And I can appreciate it from your side, the struggle that it must be to have to counter all of that. So it sounds like that's going to be the focus of moving forward, at least over the next year to try to identify that. But I commend you for trying to beat it at the pass Mm -hmm. and try to be part of the solution and not forget that it's a problem because so many people, you turn on the news every day, there's another, I guess, scandal is the right way to say it within sports communities, coaches, players, whatever, college campuses, et cetera. And I don't think that the answer is to just turn your nose and and pretend it doesn't exist. But in your platform and your team to try to really be part of the solution, I think Mm -hmm. is incredibly admirable. And I think it's fantastic. So I tip my helmet to you. (laughs) 
Thank you. So, so amazing, Rachel. All your puns. Yeah, let's throw in a lot of sports metaphors yeah, today. There you totally. go. Well, I, you know me. I like to be a wordsmith. And listen, anytime we can talk about assholes, but also be a wordsmith about it, then sign me up for that, right? Let me ask you this. How can we help you? Let's spread the word. I will tell you before our call back in the height of COVID, I didn't know what iSport 360 was. And while I'm not on the platform or the town hall or part of these organizations from the business standpoint, I am a parent. So how do we get the word out? How do we spread it to the other towns and cities nationwide so that we can help you? Because you know, any team organization that doesn't know about iSport 360 is really, in my opinion, lacking and, and we want to help. Thank you. Thank you. So um, first of all, as I love the idea of having the pressure come from parents in the neighborhood or even the kids in the neighborhood for a club to start using iSport 360. Mm -hmm. I would love for the president of the Little League actually to first hear about iSport 360 from some of the local parents who say like, my kid plays on a soccer team and they use this iSport 360 platform and the team has great communication and player development. So that is the goal here. So whether it's parents who've heard about iSport 360, kids, coaches in the neighborhood, we need to get the word out to the people who run the sports organizations. So the president of the soccer club, the technical director, the head of coaching for the Little League, we need those people to hear about iSport360, visit our website. And from there, it's really easy to learn about the product. You can request a demo, you can contact us. And the website address is simply iSport360.com. Fantastic. And we'll link all that to our stuff on our end so that our listeners can look you up and they can read more about you. We have been fascinated. And I certainly feel as though if I had known about this when my kids were younger, I'm certainly not a wallflower. I would have been one of those parents telling the coaches and the league administrators, hey, you got to check out iSport360 because I really do think it would bode well for our community in the spirit of the camaraderie and success of our children. Obviously, we all know apple tree, apple tree. A little apple doesn't become an asshole on its own, right? It becomes an asshole because the tree that it's been attached to is a bigger asshole, right? So that's right. we want to get rid of the assholes. And obviously, we always say that, you know, there's no crying in baseball. And it sounds as though if you are part of the iSport 360 community, there's probably a lot less crying. Right? That's right. That's right. And I have a confession to make. I I mean, here's Dr. Boca making her confession, right? I have a husband who is against team sports in part, I mean, the vast part of it, because of how crazy these parents get and how, I guess, the attitude that the coaches take about having to just win and not actually teach our kids the fundamentals and the meaning of being good sportsmanship, team players, take pride in the stuff that we're doing. It's okay to help the person who fell, even if you miss the basket, like those types of life lessons. So our kids have always done martial arts and more individualized sports, much to the dismay of me being having been a soccer player and a softball player. And so it's always been a point of contention. And had this been around, I think it would have offered an opportunity for us, my husband and I, to have communicated in a way where we knew that the communication and our mission for empowering our children on the court would have been more valued. So first of all, keep your kids in martial arts. 
I'm a martial artist and there is no sport that they won't benefit from the things they learn in martial arts. Um, The second thing is to your husband's point, you know, you live in a suburb where people have money and they're spending a lot of money on their kids' sports. And this Mm -hmm. is true for obviously a lot of places around our country. And without a doubt, there's a correlation between the amount of money people spend on their kids' sports and what their expectations are, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if you're spending $3,000 a year for your child to play on a travel soccer team, even if they're seven or eight years old, man, you are going to be demanding that they improve that you get communication, good feedback, that they get a lot of playing time, that they have fun, that the kids on their team are nice and the coach is awesome. Like your expectations are going to be sky high. And when they're not met, you are going to be frustrated by that. So money plays a part in this too. You are correct. Yeah. I just want to say, because uh, one of the things I love is when we come full circle. And Ian, I don't know how caught up you are on Dr. Boke and I when we shoot the shit and break down the wreckage on our weekly podcast. But so many of the things that Dr. Boca has helped me with or continues to try to help me with are money issues, <laughs> expectations and communication, right? So here's my vulnerability piece, right? I want to like log on to iSport360 to help me handle my issues with money, my communication, successes and failures, and certainly my expectations. I think we should come up with a with a segue app, right? Yep. That's sport, not sport, just middle-aged, unpolished people who really need help in all those areas. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because I was like, Ian, we should talk after this. I think you and I can come up with an app of some sort that could help actually model and develop these behaviors in all areas of life because it does, it, it continues and in every facet and these are the underlying problems is really what needs to be addressed. Kudos to you guys that you're starting it at the right time in a platform and a place that takes such a great visibility and importance in our kids' and parents' lives early on so that maybe it will change and it will like manifest. Yes, manifest. Yeah, manifest into all our other areas. So I was going to bring it back to manifestation because everything you guys just talked about, like these are life lessons. Mm -hmm. And this is why people always talk about the life lessons that kids get out of sports. So there's a lot here that we just kind of like unpackaged, right? And Mm -hmm. Rachel, you just identified a lot of it. Rachel, you're going to be my test project. We're going to work with you, me and Dr. Boca. We're going to work with you on your sports parenting and some of the topics you brought up. We're going to spend some time together and see where it goes. I can't wait. I love being the guinea pig and I certainly love helping manifest the things that I need. And I always say, if I need it, my guess is that our listeners out there, I'm not the only one. I'm not reinventing the wheel. We all could use a little help. We all could definitely, I guess if we're being honest, when we look in the mirror, we all have a little bit of asshole in us. So if we can learn how to turn that knob down, I think it's for the betterment of all of us. Ian, I cannot say thank you enough for joining us today. It's always a pleasure. I'm free on Wednesday night. So, you know, hit me up. (laughs) Just tell the listeners a little bit, where are we at now with your project, with your your Wednesday night crew? Is that still going strong? So just for the record, it wasn't a project. It's not even a project. The second week of the pandemic lockdown in 2020, me and some of my college friends just decided, let's meet on Zoom 
and let's have a cocktail and let's talk. I mean, we talk politics, we talk family, parenting, whatever, sports. And then we had such a nice time. We laughed a lot. So we did it again the second week. And we did it for a few weeks, but it started to get a little monotonous. We didn't miss not one week. You know, after like 10 weeks, it started to get a little boring. So we said, each week, why doesn't one person bring a surprise guest? And we'll just see what comes of it. And the crazy thing is, like, Rachel, we loved having you on there in week 53 or whenever that was. (laughs) 54. 54. Uh, And so we're now, by the way, we're now in week 96 and we're planning for our centennial week and what we're going to do. Rachel, maybe you have some ideas, but, you know, people have come on the Zoom call with us and after not speaking for 20 or 25 years to them, they come on and they they talk about the deepest things because everyone right now needs someone to talk to. Connection. I'm telling you, we cry we laugh with these people. It's men, it's women, it's people talking about like their frustrations with their children, their divorces, whatever. And like, it's actually beautiful in a way. And we have such a nice time as we did, you know, when Rachel joined us. So I just have one question about, I think this is phenomenal, right? I think this is awesome. As a therapist, I'm like, oh yeah, let's bring this on, right? Is it just people from GW that you're bringing in or are you bringing in outside of the world? Because I worked at GW. Does that count for anything? No, I'm just kidding. That, I think maybe you should join us one day. It just happens to. to be the four of us went to GW together. Mm-hmm. That's our connection. So most of the people we have in common are from GW. And occasionally we'll bring a friend you know, from the outside. But it's a lot of people. And Rachel, you know, candidly, like you and I weren't very good friends during college. I think we had a connection. Maybe we took a class or something together. Yeah, no shit. I was number 56 on your list. How good a friend could we have been? (laughs) I told you, you were just so badass. I was nervous to approach you, but we always had the New Jersey connection. And so we're bringing GW people on, but with the 100th week coming up, there's pressure to do something really off the charts. So unpolished. I'm to figure out something unpolished, something really unexpected. I think so, Rachel's going to do a striptease on there, isn't she? I <laughs> well, mean, that would totally work. She did that on week 54. Uh, I did it on that. week 54. Rachel. Ian, I told you not to say anything. That video is in the vault. You are giving it away too easily, girl. No, I'm not. That's I'm free on Wednesdays, but I'm not giving it away that free. But you know what? I just want to tie it together to say that the iSport 360 and even just the fact that, that Ian, you came up with this idea with your buddies to connect and chat and have a stream of consciousness to really engage with people from all different, I don't want to say walks of life from your Wednesday night thing, because you had this similarity with the college thing, but sports parents are vast and there's a broad range. And if there is a way to connect players, athletes, and coaches in a community-based way and bring camaraderie and team spiritedness, I truly commend you. It is not an easy feat in today's world. And anyone who puts their best foot forward certainly needs to be rewarded for that. And I commend you. And I really hope the listeners out there will look up www.isport360. Share it with your fellow parents in the community. Let the coaches in your community know about this. Speak up. Don't sit back on the sidelines and be an asshole. We all deserve it. Our children deserve it. We deserve it. And the future of youth sports, these youths grow up to be adults. So if we can make them amazing children, they turn into amazing adults. And that's how our future succeeds. 
And thank you again for being with us, Dr. Boca. Thank you for tying it all together with the therapy piece. Listeners out there, it's been a wonderful Wednesday. Dr. Boca and I always love having a guest on to help add with some texture. And you know how to reach us. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Unpolished Therapy. You can email us at unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. We love your comments, your concerns, your questions, your opinions, your advice. Any other questions you may have for Ian, again, on his website, there's a way that you can contact him directly. And for all of us here, this has been another episode of Unpolished Therapy. I'm Rachel Silver Cohen with Dr. Boga and of course, our special guest, Ian Goldberg. Have a great week, everybody. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>